How's it going, everyone? My bookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl game, my bookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. My bookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League, they've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you've got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the players than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposits halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is enter our promo code THPN to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code THPN to get your extra cash for my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 39 of a Cleanscape podcast. We are almost to episode 40. We're probably going to break 50 here uh, within the season. We might get close to 70. I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know what they say, you're not a real podcast or like, you know, your podcast isn't here to stay until you can hit 100 episodes. I read in the article. So, I mean, we're almost 40% of the way there. So, uh, you know, here's to, you know, maybe one day me being a real podcast. Well, we had another set of back-to-backs. We only had back-to-backs this week. We had the earlier uh, Monday-Tuesday back-to-back, and now we have the Friday-Saturday back-to-back. We start off with another attempt at the Minnesota Wild. The last time we played the Wild was a 7-0 thrumping. I totally ate my words in that one, so I was hoping for a bit of a better performance in this first game of the episode. The Stars are 1-1-1 one, one, and one versus the Wild so far this season. It is the first half of a back-to-back, as I mentioned, and for the first time, I think, in back-to-backs, we have Bishop starting on the first leg of the back-to-back. It is Bishop versus Dubnik in this one. We have some early chances. There's a really big save by Dubnik on Matisse Yanmark. He gets a one-timer from the slot that Bishop fights off. It's a really, really high-paced early game. Both teams, you know, playing sort of loose defense. They're exchanging chances. Uh, It was a really, really fun first period versus the Wild. And it's a lot of chances off the rush. A lot of, you know, again, the defense isn't great for either side. So it's some fast-paced hockey. And luckily, the Stars get off to the right start. Joe Pavelski, who after, you know, I was saying he's having just a garbage season. He's still not having a great season has been uh, pretty fire lately. He scores his 12th goal of the season on the power play, which is 432 left in the first period. It is a one face-off that gets back to Klingberg at the point. He throws it over to Sagan. Sagan takes a shot on, and Pavelski smashes in the rebound, just like you draw it up for the first goal of the game. And another power play goal. The power play has been 
clicking recently. We get another power play closer to the end of this first period, and there's a lot of momentum built for the Stars on that power play. Unfortunately, they are not able to capitalize. And going into the first intermission, the shots are 16 to 12 after the first period. That is a total of 28 shots combined for both teams in just one period, which is, like I said, it was an exciting, exciting period. And then the Stars get up to a 2-0 lead early in the second period, 2.51 into the second. Dennis Gurionov scores again. Again, the dude cannot be stopped. His 15th of the season. It does not count as a power play goal. Uh, the wild player had just stepped out of the box as he had scored it. It is a high skin and pass. The second unit is out there on the power play that is broken up. He sort of falls, but so is the defender is also fallen over. He manages to get back up and throws the pass back over to Guryanov, who unloads a weapons grade one timer past the short side of Dubnik. That is a lethal shot. I like just a blast. And he he doesn't really wind up or anything. He just he knows how to use the the technology of the stick, and he just whips it into that top short side corner to give the Stars a two nothing lead. The Stars managed to kill off a wild power play and then unfortunately a little ways halfway left in the second period Joel Erickson X scores his fifth of the season it's a cycle that is then brought to a shot on by Suter Bishop is sort of off balance and Suter sort of throws it back to the front of the net Bishop loses his post and Erickson Eck is able to jam the puck past Bishop it's a bit of a softy uh, Bishop would definitely would have liked to have that one Back, uh, they definitely see, I mean, you always know Bishop sort of gets sort of scrambly. And as soon as I saw him sort of roll back on his heels in that one after the original suitor shot, I knew the puck was going in and it was not looking good for the stars there. And just like that, with just 7.51 left in the second period, about four minutes later, Ryan Donato scores his 10th of the season. It's rimmed around the boards. It's a good keep in by the wild. It's then is shot back down low. Donato circles the net with the puck. And after he crosses, you know, back out from behind the net, he just sort of spins and fires from a really sharp angle. And it squeaks through Bishop. Another softy. Both goals here have been, I'd say, pretty soft goals to give up. And unfortunately, just like that, the wild have tied this game at two. The shots going into the second intermission are 25 to 21 for the Stars. It looked like the Stars might have been able to take a lead. Uh, Corey Perry, who had a couple really good games here recently, dangles into the middle for a quick two-on-one. He passes it over to Radic Faxa, who is absolutely stoned by Dubnik. Dubnik slides over. I don't know how he got his blocker on it. Perfect read by him. And the Stars are unable to take the lead. And unfortunately, it's just one of those bad luck, you know, sort of games where the Wild have a really, really strong push within the last minute of the game. And with 25.8 seconds left, the Wild take the 3-2 lead. Joel Erickson Eck again scores his second of the game, his sixth of the season. It's a really strong push like from the Wild, like I said. It's a shot from the point by Brodeen. It is then sort of blocked in front. The rebound pops right to Erickson Eck, who's sort of in front of the net slash to the side of the net, and then he's behind the net. And a quick wraparound, Ben Bishop can't get to the post in time. And the Wild take a 3-2 lead with just 25 seconds left. And the Stars are unable to tie the game up. And the Wild take a 3-2 
regulation win here. The Stars dropped to 1-2-1 two, and one versus the Wild this season, which is not good, especially against a team like the Wild. Come on, boys. And uh, I definitely kept my mouth shut in this one. I didn't want to chirp too much because I knew that uh, you know, it probably was going to come back to get me. So it seems like the Wild are going to have the last laugh here. Well, maybe not the last laugh, but much as the regular season goes, they are definitely one-upping the Stars here. The shots at the end of the game are 33-31 to 31 for the Stars. They go one for six on the power play. Yeah, I'd like to say that's two for six. Gurionov scored as soon as the penalty expired, but still, you get six attempts. I'd like for them to score maybe get one more there but 50 percent you know i'll take the one for six really two for six and we go two for two on the penalty kill and unfortunately drop to 30 19 and five on the season and this game definitely deserves the womp womp Aww. luckily the boys will not have to dwell on that you know pretty heartbreaking loss there in minnesota they then immediately have to turn around and play another back-to-back -back against another central division team this one we are going to opposite ends of the central division playing the minnesota wild they're at near the bottom playing the st louis blues who are sitting square atop the central division this was a really good measuring stick game and this is one where it was actually interesting. You're seeing that we didn't start Hudobin versus the Wild. We started Bishop, so now we've got Hudobin. And that's a lot of trust to put in Hudobin to go up against the top team in the Central Division and in the West. Before this one, it was announced that head coach Rick Bonus was out sick. So assistant coach John Stevens stepped in to be the head coach for this one, it, like I said, it was Anton Hudobin versus Jordan Bennington, and Alexander Radulov was scratched once again. This was also Jamie Benn's 800th NHL game. He's closing in on the 1,000 club. He hopefully should do that in the next one, and it would be awesome to see Jamie Benn hit 1,000 games as the Stars captain. Anton Hudobin was really strong early in this game. The Stars gave up a couple power plays early. He made a lot of big saves on the first penalty kill, and then, unfortunately, with 7-18 into the first period, Colton Pareko scores his fifth on the season, a power play goal. It's a face-off win, worked from side to far side. It's reversed back to the point over to Pareko, who unloads just an absolute howitzer of a one-timer, blasts it past the short side for Hudobin. Hudobin didn't even see that one. I'm not going to blame him for that one. And this is one of those cases where you really, really don't want to go down one or two nothing to the St. Louis Blues because they are a very, very good, strong, structured defensive team. And they will just curl up into a ball and smother the life out of you. And a team that has trouble scoring like the Stars, I got really worried as soon as they went up one nothing. The Stars are unable to convert on a strong power play of their own. And then three minutes and 31 seconds later, Colton Pareko scores his second of the period, second of the game, sixth on the season. It's a turnover in the star zone. It's a board battle that is lost. It comes over to Pareko, who is sitting all by himself over on that right-hand point side. He takes a couple strides towards Hudobin and then again just winds up and smashes it past Hudobin, who was well out to challenge. It's just an absolute bomb. He powers it past Hudobin to give the St. Louis Blues 
a 2 nothing lead. And so now this is gut check time. If we don't stop and keep pushing or if we take our foot off the gas, they will be able to get right into the St. Louis play style and smother the life out of the Stars. Luckily, in his 800th game, the captain brings us with this one, his 15th of the season, a power play goal, 2-12 left in the first period. It's a puck battle in the corner again. This time, the Stars win it. It comes loose into the slot to Matthias Janmark, whose back is facing the net. He spins and throws a shot pass that is deflected. It's a real nifty deflection by Ben as well, sort of behind him past Bennington to cut the Blues lead in half. The shots at the end of the first period are 14 to 10 for the Stars. The Stars had the better of the opportunities in the first period, even though they allowed two goals. The game in the second period slows down. It seemed that every shot that was onto Hudobin or Bennington just stuck to him. They'd cover it and get the whistle. So the, the game definitely started to slow down a little bit in the second period. Fortunately, we have a player on our team that never seems to slow down. You know, after Ben scored his 15th goal of the season there earlier, there was a three-way tie among the team for goal lead at 15. And Rupa Hintz could not have that. He knew how disappointed I would be if he lost the scoring lead. So, you know, he scores his 16th of the season with 635 left in the second it's a good keep in at the line that is chipped down to Corey Perry down in the corner, who again has been playing some really good hockey recently. He goes between the legs past Alex Petrangelo, their best defenseman. He actually loses the handle, but fortunately it comes straight to Hintz in the slot who is crashing the net. He smashes it far side past Bennington to tie the game up at two. And you know, Unlike last night, you know, where the Stars lose a 2-0 lead, the Stars are down by two and are able to battle back, especially against a strong team like the Blues, to take a 2-2 tie heading into the third period. The shots are 22-18 for the Stars after the second. They've been leading on the shot clock the whole game. There is no scoring in the third period, but much of that is in thanks to Anton Hudobin, who has a miraculous split save late in the game on O'Reilly. It's a pass to a slot, and Sanford sort of fans on it. He then is able to throw the puck over to O'Reilly, who just one-times it. Hudobin read it perfectly. He spreads out for the splits and absolutely robs him to take the game to overtime. Both teams get a point. The Blues, are, the Blues managed to kill a late Stars power play that they got at the end of the third period that then transfers over into overtime. The shots heading into overtime are 32 to 24 for the Stars. Um, like I said, they don't store on the power play. But then Rupe Hints again scores the OTGWG, his 17th of the season, second of the night, 245 left in overtime. Miro Heiskanen enters with speed. He does a little drop pass for Rupe Hints and sort of a harmless looking shot. He rips it through the legs of the defender through the legs of Jordan Bennington. Definitely one of those ones that Bennington would like to have back, but you know who doesn't want to have it back? This guy and Rupe Hints. And these stars managed to off the Central Division leading St. Louis Blues with a score of 3-2 to two in overtime. These shots are 34-25 to 25 for the stars. We go 1-4 for four on the power play and 2-3 for three on the penalty kill and improved to 31 19 and 5. This was a huge win for the boys, and they deserve that music every little bit. 
So there goes another episode where we go one and one, another 500 run. It seems to be about the hockey we're playing right now. And it will come out and we'll drop a 3-2 regulation loss to Minnesota. And then we'll come out and we'll have a rally come from behind victory against the St. Louis Blues. So this week is sort of a microcosm of the entire season and the little, you know, ups and downs, the inconsistency as a team. Um, it was interesting not to see Rick Bonus there. I think at this point, the team just sort of knows each other and what they're doing and how they play that you could probably put in. And this is no disrespect to any of the stars coaching staff, but you could probably put in any head coach. Hell, I could probably even stand behind the bench, call out the lines. And to be honest, they'd probably give you the same effort and the same uh, result as they would on a, you know, a night in and night out basis. I don't think right now the coaches are making a huge difference in tip tipping the needle either in the positive or the negative, which isn't necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. But I think that is then going to be a good transition over to this week's player profile. You guys voted, and this week it was between, you know, I thought it was only fitting that John Stevens be in this week since he was a head coach for a game while Bonus was out with an illness, and Andre Sekera, who had one assist this week. We're getting to the bottom of the barrel. I wrote out a list of who I've done a player poll on recently, so... Uh, I actually know who I've done and who I haven't. So, you know, as we get here, we'll get a little bit more, you know, starting to to narrow down on just doing the people that I haven't got to this season yet. But this week you guys voted and about 56% of you guys said you guys wanted to hear a player profile on Andre Sekera. So here is this week's player profile, Andre Sekera. Andre Sekera, the left defenseman for the Dallas Stars, was born June 8th, 1986, making him 33 years old. He is from, and I apologize for butchering this because I know I'm going to, I believe he's from Bornice, Czechoslovakia. He is standing at six foot, exactly 204 pounds, shoots left. He began his playing career in Slovakia, you know, working his way up. He played one season for the Dukla Trenin in the Slovak Extraliga, and then he went over to North America. He played the 2004-2005 season for the Owen Sound Attack, and in the 2004 entry draft, he was drafted 71st overall in the third round by the Buffalo Sabres. He then returned and played one more season, the 2005-2006 season for the Owen Sound Attack of the OHL. And that season was awarded the Max Kaminsky Most Outstanding Defenseman in the OHL Award for that season. July 14th, 2006, he signed his entry-level contract with the Buffalo Sabres, and he made his pro debut with the AHL Rochester Americans in the 2006-2007 season. He also appeared in two early NHL games that season as well. November 28th, 2007, he scored his first NHL goal versus St. Louis on Manny Legacy. 2010, he was selected to represent Slovakia in the Olympics, where they finished fourth. July 19th, 2011, he signed his first big boy contract. He signed a four-year, $2.75 million extension with the Buffalo Sabres. 
During the 2012-2013 lockout, he played for the Slovan Bratislava in the KHL. And on June 30th, 2013, he was traded to Carolina in the 2013 entry draft for the second round pick and the defenseman Jamie McBain. 2014, he was then selected to represent Slovakia again in the 2014 Winter Olympics, where they finished in a very disappointing 11. February 25th, 2015, he was traded to LA for a conditional first round pick and the defensive prospect Roland McCowan. July 1st, 2015, he then turned around and signed a $5.5 million deal for six years with the Edmonton Oilers on free agency. During the 2017 playoffs, he tore his ACL and missed nine months of the following season, where he was eventually did return in that late December. In 2018 offseason, he then injured his Achilles tendon. He could not catch a break. He was unable to return for over a year. February 19th, 2019, he finally made his return for the Oilers versus the Arizona Coyotes. On June 30th, 2019, he was bought up by the Oilers. He then turned around immediately and on July 1st, 2019, signed a one-year, $1.5 million contract with the Dallas Stars, where he's been their sixth, seventh defenseman for this entire season so far. And that is going to do it for this week's player profile on Andre Sekera. We have a little bit of news this week. I was scraping maybe the bottom of the barrel for some headlines here, but I think I've come up with a few good ones so far this week. Zdeno Chara hit 1,500 games played. It feels like he has been in the league for an eternity, and I really, really hope that before he finally calls it quits and decides to hang the skates up, he comes back to an all-star game, and I want to see him and Shea Weber face off one final time for the hardest shot once and for all. I want to see how much old man dad strength Zdeno Chara can crank it because I bet he still can just absolutely smash it. There has never been a specimen such as Zdeno Chara. And I honestly, I mean, I'm sure there will be eventually. It'd be naive to think that someone, you know, won't spawn out just based on pure playing the odds there. But I don't think I will ever see someone in my lifetime as just huge and just as dominant as the Jane Char was and can be when he decides to be. The other headline we have is the St. Louis Blues, who these stars just played and won against, have announced that next season they are going to be retiring Chris Pronger's jersey number, which is not a really a big deal around the league. I mean, people are retired jersey all the time. Chris Pronger was an amazing defenseman for the Blues, well-deserved for Pronger, and I think that is cool. I mean, the Blues just won their first Stanley Cup, so I think that, I think they are in the clear to, you know, retire numbers in good faith with their fans, even if Pronger wasn't on the team when they won their one cup, and I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, when Alex Petrangelo eventually decides to hang it up, if Petrangelo and maybe even Bo Meester's numbers are also hanging up there in the Raptors with Prongers as well. We only have one upcoming game for next episode, so I will definitely be getting a guest on. I might have a very special guest, a very teaser. Nothing's been set up yet, so we might just have a normal guest on, or I might have a very special guest. What the difference is, I'm not really sure, 
But I hope you guys uh, look forward to the guest interview I will have on the next episode. The one game, though, however, that is in between episodes is on Tuesday. The Stars go home to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm not really sure what to expect from this one. I think the Hurricanes are one of those, another one. They have a really good coach. Um, sometimes their goaltending's on. They've got a really strong team. Not, you know, no huge superstars, though I some people would argue that, you know, Sebastian Ajo deserves to be in that, you know, conversation of elite players because, man, oh, man, he's good. And him and Terrafina just have something special there. Svechnikov is going to be nasty. You got to be careful when he's behind the net because he'll do it to you. Uh, he'll hit the Michigan on you. Man, oh, man, if the Michigan gets hit on me, that that's such a, such a stinging move to do, and I, I'm all for it. I just hope he never does it against our team, or I hope that eventually we have a player on our team that could pull it off. Though I wouldn't put it past, you know, maybe Tyler Sagan. Honestly, I I bet Gurianov could do it. Maybe even Corey Perry. He's got some nifty mitts, so maybe they could all, you know, maybe work on it, try it. Because I'd love for there to be a player on the team that could just start hitting Michigan's on teams. It's just an added threat. On top of that, so you always got to be aware of when Svechnikov is behind the net. Uh, be sure to look for, you know, the chops as he tries to lift the puck up from behind the net. That is the only game, so I'm looking forward to watching that one. I don't get to watch a ton of Hurricanes games, so I will have fun watching that one. And I think that is going to do it for this episode. Again, if you guys want to vote on player polls on the weekends, you can follow this podcast at clean skate pod i should have a giveaway actually coming up here pretty soon again another teaser i can't spoil anything else past that but hopefully there is a giveaway so if you want to get in on the giveaway that it will be coming up here within the next little bit be sure to follow this podcast again that is at clean skate pod on twitter so you guys can vote on the polls talk with me on twitter when i chirp everyone when the stars win and, you know, yell and scream when the stars lose, as well as an upcoming giveaway that I will be having on that Twitter page as well. You should also follow the Hockey Podcast Network. They also do a ton of giveaways. They do some gong show gear giveaway, uh, as well as some other sort of cool stuff as well. So be sure to follow them at HockeyPodNet for all their cool content. And just be sure to go and check out all the other podcasts on the network. They're all amazing. We've got former NHLer. Harry Ryan, he's got a podcast with the network. Uh, we've got an Ice Analytics podcast, which is really cool, and a podcast for all 31 NHL teams, including this lovely podcast. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, a pretty basic episode, but, you know, fun nonetheless. I always enjoy making these, so I hope you guys have enjoyed as well. Be sure to go and, you know, click on this episode wherever you guys are listening to it, download it, you know, share it. All the extra clicks help. And I will talk to you cowpokes in the next one.